Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, this is Benjamin Boyce, and I have a habit of speaking my mind on the internet in such a way that people who know more than me want to help me out. I, I think that I evoke this anxiety in people when they see me tread so close to brilliance and yet tumble consistently into foolery and they want to help me back up again. It was the conversation of which I now more know about, I now more know, the conversation I now know more than I used to about is about the logistics industry and how it is radically changing in this very moment due to the COVID-19 shutdowns, at least with regards to America, but actually all around the world. There's this incredibly complex system that is shuffling goods from like freaking keyboards to my porch and to yours as well. And one of the companies that is actually benefiting or stepping up to the plate, depending on how you look at it, is Amazon.com. Amazon.com actually has a lot of power right now because it is fulfilling. It is actually going through and doing what we are telling it to do. And because it's going through a state of adaptation, the input that we put into it is going to shape it more than normal, especially if we act in concert. And insofar as we have more power than normal, it behooves us to know what we have power over. And so I was visited in my inbox, and now you're visited through my podcast by Hannah, the logistics lady who works in that industry, and she fills us in on how Amazon is behaving and might behave and could behave and how our behavior shapes the ways in which the market will respond to us. And we just kind of wander through that entire field of behavior and questions and I guess some answers here and there. Without further ado, here is Hannah, the logistics lady. Where can we go? What what can we learn from you? Because I, I did I did an episode on my channel where I criticized. Well, I, I kind of mocked the Seattle pub. Uh, I did you see saw that? that. Right? As I said, this is a, a crisis of coronavirus and capitalism, and we can see, as you correctly said, these corporations, even in the middle of this massive crisis, they are putting their own profits over the lives of people. So we can't really reform these corporations. We can't reform capitalism. We immediately need to raise the question of taking corporations like Amazon into democratic public ownership in the hands of their own workers and the community members who can run the corporations for the good of society, not for the profits of a few at the top. And I I said something along the lines of Jeff Bezos, even if he is evil, we have to respect the work that he's put in because of the just the value of of building something is in and of itself a fundamental value. I don't think you can just take that away from somebody because you're you're fighting for the people. That doesn't make sense. But no, right. 
all, all that being said, there are still some problematic things that are going on with these huge companies that we need to be aware of that, 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 that shape how, uh, you know, things can happen for the good or for the worse of, you know, our society and our world and, you know, our country and so on, our paychecks, you know. Right. I think that's what we, I wish everyone could know more about and which I can talk about is how our, our individual choices yeah. affect our, our economy on such a huge scale and not just really our economy. It's also what types of products are available, how we get our, those products, how do we, how do we get stuff? How do we yeah. get things? How do things get to our house? Uh, I'm a very curious p- person, so I want to know all of this naturally. But I'm intrigued by the fact that there are people who will scrutinize labels at the grocery store. You know, is this organic? What country does this come from? And so on. But they have no idea about any of the stuff that they're ordering. How did it get to their house? And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a lot that go. Amazon is not just a, a retailer. It's they are a competitor to UPS and FedEx. They're a, they're yeah. building their own infrastructure for delivery services. Yeah. So they want to do start to finish everything. Yeah. So the question is, do we all want to have that be our employer and our and where we get all of our services and our products from? And I would personally say no to that. Okay. And want people to be aware that the choices they're making now are are kind of leading us in that direction and recognize that it's not an innocent not innocent but a neutral act to yeah. have everything on your doorstep the next day from Amazon. It's really difficult for a human being to uh, actually do the math to see how their individual actions work up to collective reality. It's really difficult to scale and like we see um, in a you know threatening but not not as threatening um, form with regards to Twitter and Google becoming these private companies that are de facto the marketplace of ideas. If this private company called Amazon, which I, I was reading at least the title, I don't know how realistic it was, but there was this Bloomberg article, I believe, that said that Amazon doesn't want to just compete in the market. It wants to be the market. So, And we're individually enabling that to happen. Um so, it, but it's hard for us to really do the math, and then and I, no, and I, yeah. I can give examples of what that looks like on the inside, what okay. how they're having an impact that's actually very similar to Walmart in terms of what they're doing to smaller retailers, okay, and, and in a, and in a, at least as pernicious way, um, okay, that people just aren't aware of. So, like, yeah, yeah. should we should we go into that? <laughs> so, like, how, how, so yeah, yeah. So, um, there are a few different ways that Amazon gets stuff. You know, so some retailers, most retailers feel some pressure to work with and through Amazon. You know, people no longer think to go to websites of individual companies. You know, if you're looking for um, gardening soil, you might not even bother going to your local garden shop. You might not look at their website. You might just think, okay, I want it delivered to my house. I'll go to Amazon. It'll be here you know, if you subscribe to Prime, it'll be here instantly. They don't even price check, which is very interesting because a lot of times it's not cheaper. Here's a, a thing that people, maybe they know subconsciously, but it's not necessarily cheaper. They're paying for speed and service. But a, a lot of those things you buy through Amazon are fulfilled through other merchants that have been forced to, you know, your local garden gardens are us. 
yeah. now has to list through Amazon to have an, any sort of meaningful online presence. Yeah. Amazon has all of the data it needs to figure out what they need to do to be Gardens R Us. Yeah. They know that if you buy a bag of soil, you're probably going to buy plant food. You're probably going to buy trowels. You're probably going to buy seeds. Eventually, they go to the, the manufacturers and distributors of yeah. those products and they replace Gardens R Us entirely. They, they're able to push them out, even though they were a partner of Gardens R Us. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's a lot of pressure on retailers to play the Amazon game, but it's undermining themselves long term, which is really limiting our choices. So one of the things that you don't necessarily use all the time, but when you go to Gardens R Us, there's a, a person who knows about gardening, right? I don't I don't know anything about gardening. But if you go to your local retailer that's a specialty retailer and whatever they specialize in, they're going to know about the stuff they're selling. That's a big difference with Amazon. You'll never have an expert at Amazon telling you what type. Yes. Well, I, I just want to push back on that because there are reviews there. And then those experts are now on, let's say, YouTube. No, like the whole thing, the whole thing has been imported online that the in, that individual garden fanatic is now making maybe even a comparable amount of money to what they were making when they were actually working retail, producing the videos about all that expertise. So people can find that person. Right. So I, I'm seeing I, I just want to push back a little bit like the whole thing is being uploaded online. Um, and the changes aren't all necessarily negative, but there is a, I, I still want you to continue with the story of how Amazon is. No, and, I, and I, I'll push back on you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because, so the garden shop, in order to have a garden shop, needs to know what products to sell. And at yeah. some point, a company like Amazon would eventually need to have their own gardeners, who, you know, people who have their degrees in agriculture, who, who have education and experience in these areas yeah. or else they're going to lose a sense of what what they need to know about gardening in order to continue providing everything that one would need for gardening so eventually we're gonna i think move back to that original system where hmm. the the retailer of the things we need needs to have some specialized knowledge yeah. and experience in order to continue knowing what to sell and how to guide people towards that so, it, I mean, it would be all, like, freelance at that point, I guess. Well, I mean, isn't retail it, just the same thing? I mean, if if the market, if Amazon just becomes the market, let's say, and the, the expertise that drives what it is to make a successful garden is maybe not working for Amazon anymore, but works over, let's say, on YouTube, and then gets a little bit of money by follow the links for all these supplies through Amazon. So they're getting a little bit of kickback there, then they're getting a little bit of revenue here. And then if they're you know sufficiently talented, they'll get some subscribers and do some little projects like that. So it's all just the market itself, it, it, just in the broad sense, will will find and, and promote the successful experts. Um, they don't have to go to a store to do that. They can just do that from home. So how do we ensure that, let's just look at this from the perspective of people who would consider becoming gardening experts. Yeah. Um, how do we encourage people to go to college and get their degree in agriculture and do internships in you know companies that where they are on farms or whatever, whatever type of mm -hmm. specialty they would need with this sort of 
vague future of um, employment and income. So, you know, we're not going to promise you that there's going to be a job for you. You yeah. might be able to, if you have enough charisma and yeah. technical, you know, comfort with technology and um, your marketing skills and all of these things that the is now put on the individual when I don't necessarily know that that's even the most efficient marketing market uh, force. If everyone has to do all of these things on their own, yeah, the most efficient way to be for the gardening store. Well, you're, uh, you're just describing a small business. Like, you just described an entrepreneur. Like, just myself as an example. Yeah. I have to understand how to get people's attention and to provide them a, a you know, a valuable product and, and maintain all these different things. But like my stuff's a little bit more intellectual than gardening, but still, a, a garden shop, in order to be successful, has to do all those things. The, the entrepreneur is just now using some other tools. Which, if you follow like what's the trends, kids are growing up in the internet age anyway, so they're already going to have those skills given to them, which are just going to translate into how to be, you know, how to talk to a camera, how to how to connect with people, you know, how to provide that like one-on-one -on -one experience, even though you're like transmitting yourself to potentially millions of people. So, so I feel like we're going to end up leaving a lot of people out of the economy that way. There hmm. are a lot of people for whom that's not a realistic, um, you can know, you know, <laughs> especially okay. if you look at some of these fields where I, I don't think gardening is necessarily a strong example of that, but what if you just really love, plants and earth and working, you know, working, helping people to sustain that. And you aren't able to build that, kind, you know, that kind of audience and you're not able mm. to, and, and what the, under the store, small store model, yeah. uh, they can do that. They can, they can make the decisions for the store as far as what they're going to be stocking, what, what products they should be using. Mm. They're, they're doing there. There's not as much pressure on them to do all of those different things. If, you know, there is an entrepreneur who starts this business, you know, has an idea, is a, a loves to garden for fun themselves, wants to have a business, but eventually takes on these people who sort of specialize in each of these areas, you yeah. know. Um, and so I think small and medium businesses, they sort of are, if they're successful on any level or they want to, some people don't want to scale, you know, they, they just want to stay the size they are. Yeah. Um, in my experience with my customer base, you know, most of them do have some specialization within. They don't have to be running technology and um, on camera, you know, charisma and convincing people to to pay them. Um, the people, their market comes to them for the products, not for the personality. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how how do you think that you said something about? it might revert back to because it'll it'll run out of gas if amazon takes over just the shipping of products but it, it does it want to do that because it's not just uh, content with being a retail it wants to also take over the manufacturing too yes so they're they will figure out who makes these products they will either get the lowest price for themselves or take it over themselves eventually and they will also be the fleet the delivery fleet. So start yeah. to finish, they could be the whole entity. Um, but eventually, <clears throat> unless you develop some system, which I don't think there's any guarantee of where you have these specialists who are sort of freelancing for views and dollars that, you know, advertising dollars yeah. who are able to guide the development of that specialty for Amazon, 
you know, we're not going to have this innovation anymore. So, you, are are you saying that that Amazon is going to squash uh, innovative ideas and better ideas? Yeah, they, yeah. If if they're doing it correctly, they're just looking for whatever succeeds. So they potentially could just get become smart enough to say, we're going to give enough freedom so that we can find the next thing to exploit, you know, like, so we don't run out or else it'll just get crusty and kind of fall apart. Like it potentially they could foster that innovation or just allow enough, uh, you know, the market is just bigger than Amazon. It's going to get new ideas and those ideas will just be exploited by Amazon or, you know, by exploited that, that sounds negative, but they could just be providing a service to make it more efficient. Well, yeah, I think it sort of comes down to how, you know, the Amazon will serve the mass as well. But when you're looking at specialty, yeah, okay, uh, anything specialized, uh, anything where people are willing to pay more for something that isn't immediately recognizable, identifiable as having the value that the price tag would reflect. So, I mean, mm. have you ever gone into a shop and and come out with some product that you didn't expect to buy because somebody and something you've never heard of and wouldn't have heard of because it was local or it was sort of, you know, mm -hmm. something that only somebody who was really interested, you know, the example could be like a, a back in the olden days when you go to the music store and, yeah, you know, okay. buy something that someone working there who knew and was really passionate. I think we're going to lose the, the sense of passion and enthusiasm for these specialized areas where people are willing to, we rely on that a lot with, with any type of specialty retailers. Yeah. Somebody yeah. was really saying, I see something here, I'm committed to it, even if it's not immediately profitable because Amazon isn't gonna care about something that's not profitable. They're not gonna be necessarily dredging the, well, here's this product that- Yeah, but, but they're, not gonna, they're not gonna stop those things from being listed on their stores. And, and the, that accidental um, you know, stumbling upon something new is still happening on YouTube and on Twitter. It's just happening where people are spending their time. There, there are people who are always trying to grab our attention wherever our attention goes. So why would Amazon stop somebody from putting their widget on the store? Or why would they, why would they, why would it be disincentivized for an inventor to make up their own website, do their own advertising, and then get big enough to just list it on Amazon and then Amazon buys them out or takes them over or something like that? Like, is uh, there... So you get to an interesting point, which is the Amazon listing system. <laughs> so Ooh. they might carry it, you might just never see it. Yeah. So uh, there is a lot of attention and energy spent by retailers on trying to stay in those top listings. Yeah. And that requires retailers to make a lot of decisions that I think are are hurting them now. So, hmm. um, and I'll get to that. Yeah. Remind me to go back to that because okay. that that matters for the the pan from the pandemic perspective. Um, but when you're when you're listed on Amazon you know, you, you can do that. You can sort of buy your way in, you can advertise your way in. Um, popularity is obviously a way to get there. Yeah. The number of people who are buying, promoting yourself and so on. So it's not that Amazon wouldn't be willing to sell these things that are obscure and sort of special, really, you know, um, not something that is going to ever be popular or super profitable for any retailer. It's that, 
they'll be almost impossible to find, you know, that, that you would be having to go, you're not going to have someone who's going to necessarily find that who would have stumbled across it in a, you know, brick and mortar store, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody who's really going to go in, you're not able to go into the aisle and physically look at this and be like, what is this? This is caught my eye. This is sort of what I'm looking for. Maybe this person who's working here can tell me about it and why I would use this instead. You're facing, you know, thousands of choices, too many choices. As a consumer, do we even really want to be making those choices ourselves? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, the answer is is no, (laughs) I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, there's that Mm. paralysis that sets in where, you know, you're, you're, I've definitely gone past 20 pages of Amazon listings to find just the right thing, but um, you know, so we are limiting that. We're, hmm. we're we'd have to be really digging. Well, <clears throat> that's that's one particular uh, probably problem with the Amazon website in and of itself. Not necessarily what Amazon's doing, but other websites can fill that in. And if Amazon's smart at all, it would create like just a virtual, you know, a virtual VR experience. Like just walk walk among the shelves. You know, like when I was a teenager, they built a Walmart in my town, and me and my friends would just go there and goof around. You know, like because it was just like this huge store with all these stores in this side, this one store. Um, so you can just replicate that or. or or other websites can replicate that. So I don't I don't see how that's a problem. If I need to go and get a trash can on Amazon, I'm not going to end up I might not end up getting a garden hose like I would have in the warehouse, but when I, you know, when I need the garden hose, I, I guess there's a limiting with the website, but I don't see how that's necessarily a negative thing. It just it takes the um that accidental um stumbling upon portion of income spending, um, which seems almost like you don't need to buy that thing, you know, like, or you only need to buy what you're looking for. And so there's a lot of retailers just trying to grab your attention. Otherwise, you, you wouldn't have buy those things like the, those magazines at the end of the grocery uh, shopping experience or the Tic Tacs there, you know. Um, so but other human beings are just going to want to keep on participating in, in, uh, you know, economics and buying and selling things because we get off on that. So I don't see how that's necessarily a bad thing. If you can't find things on Amazon, you'll find them somewhere else or Amazon will well, allow will you. you. I mean, that's, that's the issue is, will you, will there be these places? Will it, okay. it doesn't matter that we might not have the local garden shop anymore because they've been closed out by Amazon that yeah. they've, um, you know, that, that, Amazon, it becomes our only choice for, you know, there is no local store. You cannot go and browse the aisle. You were looking for some type of, I don't know, heirloom tomato seed or something that, you know, that that you would have stumbled across at your local garden shop. And that will no longer be a, a choice that you're able to easily make in a 15 minute trip to the local store. Yeah. Does that matter? Yeah, does it? I mean, I mean, it does to me, but it might not to other people. And that's fine. I'm not making okay. a judgment on that. I'm yeah. just saying that when you're when you're buying from Amazon instead of Gardens R Us, you are making that choice. You are leading yeah. long term to that choice. So that's just one of those things that I hope people are thinking about. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's another question. Um, with regards to the logistics of, let's say that Amazon creates a UPS competitor and then figures out a way to just stop using fossil fuels, um, you know, and, and some they figure out some sort of battery that they buy that actually doesn't do worse for the environment than, than you know, the fossil fuels. Couldn't that be like actually like they 
revitalize or, or just restart a whole industry by repl- swapping out combustion engines with another form of engine or something like Isn't that a possibility? And Or would it just be that uh, should we worry about them not doing that and being very wasteful on, on the logistic level? Wouldn't they... If they take out their competition, would they need to compete anymore? So there are a few, yeah, I mean, there are a few concerns that I would have with them taking out their competition. Um, they FedEx, for example, ditched Amazon a couple months ago oh. because Amazon was, I mean, it was sort of a mutual <laughs> breakup at that point. But um, <laughs> it, it, the question is, you know, it, for, for carriers, to work with Amazon, you're, you are getting sort of a lot of volume. You know, you're you're yeah. sending your your drivers out to re- not just to um, commercial businesses, but you're also sending them out to residential addresses every day, uh, which the cost of service for that is high. Um, people are inevitably using a lot more fuel for having everything individually delivered to their house, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. is another thing to consider if you are very you know conscientious of yeah. serving. Um, but they they so as they are building their own delivery fleet you know before they were just always contracting with these other carriers and now they've been building their own fleet which it has not been subject to the same oh. standards as a the other carriers so um pro publica did uh, an expose on this uh last year i believe on how so amazon was subcontracting out with you know anyone with a van can basically um, deliver for Amazon, but they are not employees of Amazon, yeah. and they kill people because you have inexperienced people racing around like maniacs trying to deliver the number of packages to the destinations that they've been told they should be able to do, you know, successfully within a certain amount of time. Otherwise, they risk not getting paid. Yeah, that's not how other carriers work. Yeah. Other carriers have very highly trained union employees, for example, who are experienced, who have to, are who are constantly trained in this function. It's not me going to rent a rider truck and getting the, the back of it loaded and racing around to, in an area I'm unfamiliar with to deliver packages to meet deadlines for this company I don't even work for. That's a lot of pressure that um has led to deaths i mean it's, it, okay. and if it were and if it were all fedex or ups or post office vehicles doing this this would get a lot more attention amazon has not accepted responsibility for these saying that you know it's not there they weren't the ones that hired these people these were subcontractors oh, so but, yeah I mean, so they have to go through all of the same things that any other carrier has gone through in developing these things. And to your point about sustainability, all of these companies are doing it. If it's in their economic best interest, their financial best interest, of course, they're innovating. So the question is, why would we assume that Amazon is necessarily doing it better mm-hmm. just because Amazon is Amazon? I don't think I mean, Amazon is going through the whole learning process that all of these other more experienced <laughs> companies have gone through um, to to figure out how to do this thing that's already being done. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, you know, making a mess of it. 
Uh, okay, but is that mess going to uh, get bigger to a point where they're going to be called out, or will they figure out that that, that mess is not uh, something that they want to maintain, so they're going to clean up that mess? So if they start to do, like, the Uber thing, like, we're, we're just going to contract out the delivery, and I've gotten a couple of those deliveries. Uh, it's going like, wait, you didn't send me my thing. Um, but um, And then now Amazon's going to build its own fleet, say, well, we could shop it out here, we can do it in-house. If we do it in-house, then we have to be regulated. Um, or at least we're, we are responsible. So, but it, but the bottom line, it works out better for us to just be more responsible because we're even. I'm sure, insofar as people are dying doing that, they're actually it's just not efficient in other metrics other than just human life. It's just like the, they're not consistent enough. We want consistency. Like we don't want. Like, wouldn't it just work out over time? Um, so yeah, they they have started their own. They have their own now. Their prime fleet. You know. So these are people who. Are- Yes, so that they're wearing, they're wearing, they actually look like they're working for Amazon. It's not just some shady guy pulling in your driveway at, you know, 10 o'clock at night and leaving something, you know, that um, they are actually identifiable as Amazon employees. One really critical thing to note is that the intention is, you know, to fully replace their competitors. They're based on where they're setting up shop. They're, they're trying to drive competitors out. One of the things that I would say has been really important is that the standards that they have to meet for hiring those drivers has been set to a certain extent by the unionized competitors' workforce. Okay. Yeah. So their wages are higher than they would be for any similar you know, mm. position delivering okay. or whatever. How long does that last yeah. if there's no competitor? Yeah. Yeah. That only, is, you know, and they're not unionized. They're not going to have the same benefits. Mm. They're not going to have the same experience. Um, the work conditions based on what Amazon employees have said publicly. Um, it's, you know, if they're not able to org, if workers aren't able to organize, they're very limited in terms of what they can change. Mm-hmm. And how, how would that be corrected? How would that not happen? I, I mean, I would say having competition is good. Yeah. So that's where that's where consumers have choices. This goes back okay. to the consumers and why it matters that people think about this. So one of the things that's changed in the industry is Prime is at the standard that people want it same day, next day, weekend. So you do you really need it? Think about this when you're ordering. Do you really need something on Sunday? What are you requiring when you want something on your doorstep on Sunday that really doesn't need to be there? You know, if, if you could really wait a couple of days, yeah. What what's required in that? How, how much labor does that require? And how much is somebody getting paid for that? Why is it free? Is it free? It's not free. Everyone knows it's not free if they think about it, yeah. but that's a demand. People won't shop for a product that costs $20 if there's Free shipping on Amazon, and it costs $25 there, and it's $20 plus $5 shipping, they'll always go with Amazon. The yeah. idea of free matters. But when you're when you're requiring that a workforce is seven days a week, you know, 12 plus hours a day, mm-hmm. that you expect these things okay. instantly, um, no matter where you're located, if you're in a, you know, residential neighborhood away from any sort of, you know, uh, distribution center. Think about that. How is somebody getting to your house? What are the costs involved in that? You know, you may be paying, let's say you are paying a couple dollars less or you're getting it there a day sooner. What are you ultimately 
choosing here. Contributing to. Yeah. So the, the quality of life for people who are in these industries, you know, working on holidays, weekends, all hours of the day, um, what are you asking of them? Do you, does that matter? And, and here's the thing that it, I've, I've been in that position where I was um, delivering s- stuff and it's stuff to just stuff to people's houses on Sundays in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, the number of people who are like, oh, what are you doing here? It's a Sunday. <laughs> it's like, well, you ordered this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, I just want people to think about that. What are you require? What are you, what are you choosing? You, you mentioned er- earlier to get you back onto this. You said that there's decisions that these companies are making that are hurting them now in order to get um, on the website with, with regards to, I think, the, the current COVID thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, some so there are different types of ways to sell through Amazon. Some companies do the <clears throat> they self fulfill. So if you and so that wouldn't necessarily be a prime or it might be one of the choices when you're looking at, uh, you know, let's just say you're ordering a, 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 a phone accessory. OK, there yeah. may be phone accessories that that are in that listing there may be prime choices those are going to be fulfilled by prime from their fulfillment centers there are other in those listings you can see that there will be other sellers of that item so they'll be shipping it out from their own location think about what that choice is because that matters so everything that's now it it would be fulfilled by amazon it's in their it's in their distribution center right now and it is not an essential item it isn't going anywhere. We don't know when it's going to start going places, right? Amazon has said we're focusing on essential goods right now. Yeah. So these these sellers who have who recognize that in order to sell more, they needed to be primes, you know, the prime seller that they needed to provide the product to Amazon ahead of time. Now they have stuff stuck in. Oh, now their stock is yeah. Giving more people, uh, giving people time uh, to think about it, and then cancel it, and then they lose out on the sale. Or well, and they they don't have it even to sell out of their own. And they website. can't. So make a lot it of places, a, a lot of companies sell from their own website. Okay. Which is another choice that I would recommend people always consider is go to if you see stuff that you like, go to that. See if there's a a listing with a you know, and it's a company, and it's not just somebody who's selling only through Amazon. A lot of stores are forced to sell as you know partner with amazon mm-hmm. even though they know amazon is looking at the the data and figuring out how to replace them you know how to figure out what are all the things that store a sells so that store a will eventually not exist and will be we will have become store a um so yeah. for those websites it might be cheaper it might be faster they might also have free shipping and you can keep them in business without them having to pay Amazon for being a, essentially a middleman. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and right now it's their stuff is being held hostage. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. Um, weren't retail people always, by definition, middlemen, the, the merchants? Yes. Yes. Um, but most of us don't want to be in the business of acquiring warehousing. Um, you know, it, it, certainly there are so many parts of the supply chain that I wouldn't want anything to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you if you get a, you know, a phone and a case and you, you have to, you don't want to have to go and pick out all the components yourself. 
you don't want to have to figure out how to make plastic and, you know, cases. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the supply chain is getting shorter in a lot of ways. So, for example, now I could figure out a way I could figure out who manufactures the case. Right. I could figure out how to communicate with somebody in China that sells these things. I could yep. say this is what I want my product to look like. How much is it going to cost? I could arrange for transportation, you know, on a, on on an ocean you know, freight cargo, yeah. I could have a container load. Where am I going to keep a container load? That's a thing that we don't really want to be doing, right? We. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we all could have a pod in our driveway of yeah. the things that we would be buying. Be selling, right? yeah. Yeah, so retailers have, you know, functions other than just, you know, they're doing a lot of that work for us. Amazon is doing that on a really big scale, I guess. Yeah, and is it inherently, so why... What's so scary about having one company doing all of that? Other than, I guess, I guess one of the main things is that there's no competition, or they're taking out their competition so that there's a decrease, uh, decrease um, incentive for them to get better at what they're doing. So we do want to have some sort of competitor. But why is Amazon? Why do they not have a competitor? Did they just get ahead of the pack? Or yeah, I think they got ahead of the pack. I think um, they. And I mean, I, th that's a really good question, and I can't really answer it entirely. I I think um, the way it came about, you know, it was like a bookseller at yeah. first, right? So you're like, oh, it's a bookseller. Oh, now they have other stuff. Oh, cool. Now I don't, you know, and um, it's really nice to not leave your house. I love to not leave my house. I love, love these stay-at-home orders, you know, so um, I like being able to browse without having to go to a store. Yeah. There's there are things that are so attractive about it. Um, I don't really know why we are okay. So, you know, all of the anger about Walmart, um, that's right, you know, rightful in terms of, okay, you have this business coming in, shutting down all the local stores, um, not great working conditions, uh, not a great employer. And then what happens if the store closes? you know, or, or they move to a, yeah. a town further away. Um, that's where, and also look, who do you want to go shopping for you? Cause retailers, that's what they're doing. They're shopping for you. Yeah. There is nobody in my life that I would trust to do all my shopping for me okay. or to be like, here are the choices of things you can have. Think about the people who know you best in the, the whole, in your life, the people who are closest to you. Would you let them pick out all of the things you could ever have as choices no no there's stuff that i love that like my partner would be like oh god please don't you know so so i feel like that's <laughs> i'm like letting jeff bezos do that with everything that's a choice to me is only something that has captured the attention of amazon yeah you know well yeah okay with regards to the amazon portal into their uh, you know, warehouse. But if you're on Twitter too, and you get like, I, I'm really into like these varieties of tomatoes, and then you find all these different people who have really de uh, delved deep in there. And one person you, you stumble upon has this wonderful heirloom. It's like purple and like like some sort of Grinchy spots or something like that. And Mary Magdalene kind of pops out at the end of the cycle. You know, you're like, oh, <laughs> I want to buy those seeds. Why? Why then? Uh, what's stopping Amazon from just having those seeds on hand? Um, 
they're just they're not turning you on to the product. They they don't need to turn you on to the product. They're just having the product. They're not stopping sure. you from finding the product, especially if your curiosity there's it's going to be very uh, lucrative for other people to be you know giving you options and stuff and and letting you get into things. And you're going to drive your own research from your home through your computer into all these different products. And it's not like you're going to rely on Amazon for everything. But if they have everything at the end of the day would you not just wait go there? you say okay. they, that they might not that it, we're not only going to be relying on amazon amazon very well could okay. as a result of what's going on right now end up being the only one standing you might not have after and i'm not i don't want to give dire you know yeah warnings of what's going on right now yeah. um where i live there are you know very limited shops open yeah any sort of tomato gardening shop is not going to be, you know, they'd be only allowed to sell online right now. So yeah. any of that business, if, if they can't survive on that, yeah. we might not have those other tomato seed, yeah. special specialty tomato seed sellers. So we would have to rely on Amazon. And I, when I say we, that also includes 85 year old gardeners who are not going to be on Twitter located doing able to do this research we're putting a lot of work on the consumer and, yeah. and i don't want and again i don't want to do that work necessarily i don't mm. for something i enjoy yeah maybe but sometimes you just want your tomato seeds and you want to just go and kind of see what's available yeah and you want that for other people who aren't as confident and capable and interested you know yeah okay. you want like grandparents and you know people who aren't for whatever reason are have limited access or ability with computers. That's a lot of people. That is a lot of people. But it, that's not necessarily the fault of Amazon. That's no, the fault of the government no. for shutting everything down. The government no, de facto is giving Amazon, uh, or Amazon was just perfectly primed to no, primed to uh, <laughs> to be there when when everything else closed. So it's kind of a yeah. I mean, they they are, but they're not right now. They're not selling, so they're the they might be the only one that's open. They're able to keep their other business going. So they're not necessarily suffering the same. They sell those heirloom tomato seeds along with, you know, all the things that yeah. we need, face masks and diapers and things that are essential. So the only retailers that are allowed to be open are the ones that have essentials as well, which your heirloom garden tomato is not going, you're going to only be able to get it from these bigger retailers. Yeah. So I'm not just, I don't want to seem like I'm just picking yeah. on Amazon. It's about limiting our choices overall. Yeah. That do we only want big stores that have everything in one under one roof, whether that's a you know a brick and mortar or online. Mm -hmm. And 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 again, like that may be a choice that people are okay with. Yeah. But I would ask that we consider the people for whom that really isn't a choice. <laughs> you know that okay. that maybe we need do need to think about the people who aren't able to make it, you know, who really, look, this has been forever uh, an issue with food deserts in communities, you know, where there's no supermarket, it's only bodegas for miles and miles. And, you know, so, so certainly there are consumer choices that we all make on a very individual level that sort of add up. Um, okay. Yeah. Thing that has an impact on like really even the quality of other people's lives who have fewer choices. Uh, would you, um, have you thought, would you consider, what? what's your opinion on the government just taking over Amazon? 
I think that the government taking over Amazon is a terrible idea. It's worse I, than Amazon taking over I, everything else. Because I don't think that the government knows how to be Amazon either. I mean, I think this is the, generally the... Yeah. Um, the solution, like, it's so far I'm you're saying... The <laughs> solution is individual choice. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a capitalist. You know, okay. and which, you know, I, I also... Um, you know, it's okay the, to be a capitalist. Uh, well, I, I think that people, people's nature, it's in people's nature to, to at least in America, I mean, and, and in most places, look, people are selfish and we can, we can ask them to do certain things or we can make them do certain things. And I, I prefer to be in a society where we, where we ask and we strongly encourage and it's not forced upon us. Yeah. Uh, I think communism has been tried. It hasn't worked out. So let's not do that again um let's not it's just not a fit here and you're gonna discourage anybody from ever wanting to go out on a limb and open a store that sells all these specialty heirloom tomato seed varieties you know why would you when the government is in charge of picking what tomatoes people eat i don't want that i don't want my choices limited by jeff bezos or by the federal government or the local government um i this is something I'm finding very troubling during what I'm seeing online, um, just in general, and this isn't specific to logistics or anything, but this idea right now that has really deva- like devaluing work and labor and, and um, ownership mm. and um, production and, you know, everyone wants toilet paper and free rent and um, checks from the government, but doesn't seem to understand where they come from. Yeah. And mm. I support... I am absolutely on the political left, probably closer to the center, but um, it's almost a, like a very juvenile yeah. idealism about like, yeah, we should take over Amazon. What? Like how? What? How, what why would anyone want to be part of anything? It might be the case that because there's not a lot of grandparents on uh, Twitter, like that, it, <laughs> like teenagers are overrepresented in the conversation, and and they all get no, together and upload things. You know, I know, I know. Name, but, you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I mean, even even with you know Bernie Sanders, he's a, yeah. he's a freaking grandpa, and he has yeah. some of the same ideas as far as that are just very disconnected from economic realities. Yeah. Um, not even going to get into, you know, everything about him. But I think um, in, in and I, I say this as somebody who's in an industry where people work really hard, really, really hard. We work very hard to get you the stuff that you need to live. And we do it regardless of pandemics and blizzards and Christmas and all of these things. And the people who do it, um, the union members certainly are okay. rewarded for it, and that's why they keep doing it. Yeah, okay. It's really important to recognize that there are still jobs in America where you can get, you can work hard and get rewarded for that. You can still um, work your way up. You don't have to have a college degree to be in a facility where you're sorting the packages that contain the essential goods that are going to people's houses when they can't leave home. Yeah. Um, why and if you prove your competence, then you get to manage. And if you prove your competence there, you can you can exactly, start to design exactly. and innovate. And there and 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 a, a good company will recognize that, right? I mean, we know this. That's how companies stay afloat and and continue to grow and and thrive in the twenty first century. Um, you know, and I think 
people have sort of gotten very jaded about that, but it's still out there. And I would say having managed people in one of those facilities, younger people are not willing to work. They are the, they are, I, the physical labor, people are really disconnected from the, the idea that there's physical labor required to do these things, to get stuff to your house. Someone is standing on their feet, moving heavy packages, you know, risking injury, driving for hours at a time, doing physically uncomfortable things that Mm. may make your back hurt the next day. You know, uh, people aren't really willing, like the younger generation is definitely not willing to do that. They'll look at you and go, this is really hard. (laughs) (laughs) And then they get online and complain about the, complain about their job and how Bernie Sanders is going to fix everything and free Medicare and and free college. I mean, I I found myself turning into like a get off my lawn type of person (laughs) from managing you know the generation generation is a generation z the They're probably millennial well i don't know i don't know no, I, i'm on the I, i'm on the upper limit millennial. Of millennials. Okay. although there's a very big disconnect between the, you know the, <laughs> the tiers of millennials um i definitely find myself relating to the you know gen x more um in terms of like the you know some of the sort of i'm jaded i'm really jaded but i've also saw my parents and grandparents' generations that that you worked hard and you got rewarded. There wasn't so much of this expectation of things. There's a lot of demanding going on. Yeah, a lot of entitlement. Uh, without a lot of input, like yeah, whether it's labor input or really committed to understanding. You know, when people are screaming about don't pay the landlords and take over Amazon, are you? Do you really understand what any of that means? Yeah. Do you, you understand know? like the, the entire system, um, right? And right. what it's built out of. So if you if you agree with the free market in principle and you agree with meritocracy meritocracy I don't want to project that onto you but it sounds like you're saying you work hard uh, what we need to do is set up a a feedback loop where hard work is rewarded when you get to the level of Amazon how do you uh, how does the game uh, field change where they could just gobble up everything like Standard Oil or like you know those uh, you know those those railroads back in the day that kind of under certain narratives led to the Great Depression you know how do you make sure that 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 our reliance on Amazon doesn't become total and how do you how do you resist that without regulation or overstep of a government body, which doesn't really understand how to work efficiently to begin with. Um, so I listened to your show and then I email you and I'm like, Hey, that thing you were talking about, I want to talk about that. <laughs> so, um, getting out the, I, I, I know this is such a small way of doing it, but getting people involved that it, I don't know that the government can fix this. I don't know that there's one solution or that it, it can happen entirely at the state level. It's that we as consumers need to take responsibility for how we're consuming, what we're, cons- you know, the way we, the demands that we're putting on, on the retailer yeah. and, and the system. And, and so if people want everything here tomorrow and they're willing to accept the system that Amazon is, that's fine. Like I have to accept that that may be the ultimate outcome here. Um, but I don't think that's what people want. Like, if people are thinking really into a very minute level about purchases and ethics and, you know, GMO. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Like if you're really examining all of these things on such a close level, yeah. why are you okay with, with the 
mechanism that is prime. Yeah. Why are you not looking closer as that, at that? And I, I don't know. I, I think that Amazon is sort of, oh, it's this, you know, they've got the smiley face logo and it, it you know, it's sort of invisible. It's definitely more invisible, but I think people, it's really convenient. So people don't want to think about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's so I, yeah, we may end up with this. This may be somewhat inevitable, but, um, but we can still we can't make a actual moral ethical decision without understanding what we're even deciding. And if that stuff's hidden, then you need to understand what's going on. So so information's the first step then. Talking about yeah. Yeah. how the system actually works, where the loads are, who's getting uh who's getting harmed by this, what's getting harmed by this, and then you can kind of do a calculus and create some sort of kosher shipping method or kosher prime stamps like this is provided with uh you know fair trade you know like one of those value systems comes up yeah our employees our employees getting you know fair wages health care you know things like this that um and and are you and i mean we also need to take responsibility for what we're willing to pay for stuff you know if you're going to just buy the cheapest of everything and you want it there as fast as possible yeah i mean you have to think about how much like, okay, if I have a computer mouse that I paid, it's so you know, cute. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And I can't go back to using a full size mouse. So, you know, this is, this is, <laughs> this is my, you know, I, I actually did buy this in person at Staples because I, okay. um, it was Impulse. something that, it caught yeah. your eye. You had a relationship. It just jumped No, I out. had a previous one and it was black. And then I was in Staples buying something else and my black one had broken and I had, um, just been using the the touchpad and I was like, they have the little ones and they have this, but so this is like $15 and you have to think about like, what could you make yourself for $15? I mean, like nothing, maybe nail together some sticks from my yard. Um, yeah. No, I probably have holder. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Right. I'm kind of sad to think about like, (laughs) what could you manufacture yourself? How much, would you expect to be paid for even just putting pieces of this together? Yeah. How many hours would that take? Okay. So let's say somebody trained you, how much would you expect to make after that? Um, how long would you expect it to take to your house? How much would you pay for somebody to bring this to you? So I don't know that I'm more ethical for buying it at Staples than I am for, you know, based on that price, but I'm saying, let's start thinking about what things cost and why. Okay. Yeah. Do that, you know? Yeah. So sociopathy, uh, sociopathy, the, 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 the inability to care about somebody else's suffering. Um, it, it's a constant condition. We can't project ourselves into the infinity of every, just that mouse, right. Or, or just like all the people working just to get this call connected and then to, to house it on a server somewhere and to hook you up with it, the viewer, you know, like we, we can't, we can't care about all those things. We, we only have a limited amount of shits to give, you know, so, (laughs) (laughs) so, no, no, certainly there's that compassion fatigue that sets in where, um, yeah, I have a family member who is currently not eating chocolate because of the child labor that goes into that. And I cannot, um, it's my kid. So it makes it hard because I am constantly eating chocolate and ad- asking if he wants chocolate. And um, and then he has to remind me. You're like and Satan like, oh, and he's yeah. Jesus. He's like, yeah. And, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I really shouldn't be eating this either, except I'm still eating it. So, right. Like, I, I'm a hypocrite. I'm absolutely a hypocrite. Like, 
um, if I were a perfect person, I would do this for all these things. You yeah, know? I'm just, I, yeah, I, I, it's difficult to care, but that's why it's important to have the conversations. And, and again, like, like with the whole Kashama Sawant thing and like, <laughs> you know, it's like, were okay. Were you drunk in that, by the way? You were, you were laughing really hard. You were... I, I, I've been uh, I've, I've been under quarantine, so it's giving rise to you know different behaviors uh, depending on when I press <laughs> record. So no, yeah. I was not I was not uh, under. You were just any, laughing, any. so I, it was it was fun to watch with your sort of commentary because you were like laughing so hard. Well, it's kind of funny to me that that she. It is. It's insane. Yeah, but like getting to, and that's what I was trying to to say. I don't know if I said it correctly or not, but getting to like the underlying values is like okay, I can't care about everything, but I can make certain choices in my life, or I can I can just try to re, uh, you know return to certain values. And so meritocracy is a very fundamental value because even though I failed a whole lot in life, that has caused me to really appreciate people who have succeeded. And for other people who fail constantly, they become resentful towards Towards people who succeed, and I see that when I've been, uh, when I've like tried out being resentful, it actually makes my life worse. So I, I are you for you know actually like taking your failures and 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 rewarding success and and looking for a new way to be successful because eventually, whether or not you get what you expect, I I I believe that even if you don't get the feedback of reward, you will be rewarded by putting in the effort just on a character character level. So with regards to projecting my value system onto how what I buy is what I buy, um, you know, like, like there's just little questions that I think I can, I can propose to the audience or propose to myself that I don't feel are moralizing because I don't like being moralizing, but you know, like, can you practice uh, delayed gratification? Like, is that not, is that something that you could just practice and like, see, okay, I don't need it in three days. Like, and I think even Amazon smartly enough, put up like you can get it all delivered on one day that's the ethical thing your all your deliveries will come on a monday like so and they'll all come in one box or something like that so delayed gratification what are some other values that that um or, or just some questions yeah, and I would say another one is um if you value um choices from people who are specialized and really passionate about what they you know retailers or, or creators of any kind you know yeah. amazon doesn't just sell um, goods. They sell artwork. You know, they sell things. They sell things that are handmade. Or so instead of rewarding Amazon for that, figure out what you like, and and maybe think about should the creators of those things be directly rewarded? Um, do you want choices? Do you want to reward people for their ideas and their talent? How much of that do you want a third party to take a cut of? Um, and are they being? Are are the terms under which they're rewarded? Are they ethical when they're working yeah. with a third party, you know, middleman like Amazon. Mm -hmm. And that's not just Amazon. I mean, that's any big retailer that's, you know, selling something that someone else has created. Um, and another thing would be, what are the, what are the types of jobs we want to have in this world? You know, a lot of people are employed in retail. A lot of people are employed in logistics. Amazon is the retail giant and they're becoming a logistics giant. Do you want to work in an Amazon warehouse? Is that the dream job for you or yeah. your children? When you're, you know, would you rather work? Because I'd rather work. I have no particular, I kill all my plants. I, a serial killer of cacti. But I would rather work at Gardens R Us for the rest of my life than Amazon in their 
distribute, you know, in their, in their fulfillment centers. Yeah. That's just okay. me. Other people may not care, you know, but um, same with the, you know, working in an Amazon center, you know, you've seen those places. They're mad. And maybe you haven't, I would encourage people to see what those look like online. Um, read about what people have said. It was like working there, the conditions there, um, consider whether it's worth having a unionized workforce where people who are working in, you know, this is hard work. Like I said before, mm-hmm. getting you your stuff is hard work. Somebody is doing it somewhere. Mm-hmm. What happens if that person gets injured? What happens if that person um, is pregnant and can't lift heavy boxes off shelves to get you your stuff? What do you want for those people? Are mm-hmm. those, does that matter? And it, it might not. It might not, you know, when you're yeah, shopping, yeah. you might not care if, you, if your retail associate or, you know, fulfiller has maternity leave or whatever. I don't, you know, and that's not a criticism entirely of Amazon at all. There's truly a big box, big retailer versus smaller companies and sort of thinking about because we're the economy is going to be different the job market is going to be changed by this forever we know this like there are businesses that will not survive this how do we support we we now more than ever have an obligation to consider how to make that what we want it to be afterwards how you know as we're sort of rebuilding yeah um, what we want to be doing what we want do we like shopping in person do we like going to stores and having that choice or do we want our influencers to like show us the product for us a little bit of extra of this or a little bit of that you know yeah yeah i mean i've just never really i don't i'm not that interested in that stuff i'm not that easily influenced by that's what you say but no but like they're way too like pretty and stylish and i'm like that would that's not what it would look like on me you know my skin would never be like that it's forget like it's just unrealistic expectations so um i and i don't enjoy that i don't want to have have to be you know searching out essentially ads for the things that i end up buying yeah i sometimes just like to go and browse and have people leave me alone and then pick out what i want and you know and and just come home and and be done with it you know so yeah i think people have to think about is that an experience that they want or are they okay having everything to their doorstep does everyone in their life have that capacity to get things that way i would say no i mean i have a family that's sort of all over the socioeconomic spectrum not everyone would be able to get things that way. Would I be okay with having to do all that labor of getting well, everyone yeah. everything they need? You know, not everyone. Is, some people are okay with that. You know, it's it's um I I err on the side of capitalism, but I feel like socialism. Uh, I don't think it works as an economic. Uh, system but i do think it works as a humanitarian system it does have a certain claim like how do i want people to be treated and how can i enact that in a capitalistic manner like how does the how do my values up here um how do i reflect them in in the reality of selfish interest and you know efficiency and just cutting corners at all costs to see what pays off you know like it's just it's a difficult thing to hold both value sets and not to say you know capitalism capitalism is more realistic than socialism, but I, I don't think capitalistically when I'm interacting with a human being or when I'm thinking about my family, like, and, and so trying to try to do you, you guys, like, like, I'm like, you're not even economically productive. I don't even know why we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) I renounce you. (laughs) No, no, I think you're right. Like that there. And I, I agree. Like, I think everyone should have access to healthcare. I, um, think that even if you're not economically productive that 
to take care of you as a society yeah. uh, that we need to figure out ways. Yeah, I mean, I was like, a he- I went through this like big Ayn Rand fan girl situation when I was like in high school because there was an essay contest for a scholarship. So my mom was like, here, read this book and then write about it. And it was The Fountainhead. And then I went on to read everything. And I was like, yeah, all it's the creators and all these like, you know, menial idiots are just interfering with it. Um, and then I was like, but what about like the disabled or yeah. the elderly? you know we like have all these other people that we need to be taken care of in society and i don't think i think economics uh the capitalism is patriarchal i know you don't believe in that in, okay. in your issues with patriarchy but um i think that it's been it's excluded the labor of women which is you know certainly something that so we we do need to sort of think about how everyone is contributing yeah. to some more society and make sure that we're fully accounting for that when we're yeah. when we're looking at things okay. so Um, especially now, you know, we see a lot of the work that goes into taking care of people is performed by women and, you know, not necessarily rewarded to the same extent, but, Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I, I do think we can, I'm not a purist, you know, the market will always adjust. Um, I'm not okay with letting people die on mass while the market sorts itself out, you know, to Mm -hmm. be like, Oh, if we really want a, a vaccine for something, the market will provide, you know, I'm not okay with, Okay. waiting for the market on everything okay. um I, I don't think that the market forces are what adam smith would say they are do you this is kind of off topic and it might be a vulnerable question for you but do you think that the government should just reboot the economy like at the end of april do you think we should just you know take our knocks and go forward I, what's your I cost think, benefit analysis of that so um i think that so my my big question mark is um the antibody testing, when can we get that? And when can we get those people back to work? That to me is, has been from day one. I'm like, how do we figure out who is safe to be out in the world and make sure that they're out in the world, keeping things going. Um, I know based on my work that a lot of people are working that shouldn't like legally, you know, the state has said you can't be working and they're still, you know, working like crazy, doing whatever they can to stay afloat. And, um, we have to recognize the costs involved in not letting people work and earn and keep their businesses going. So um, I think we're going to get to a point where we need to say, where we need to identify who is truly vulnerable and who needs to be sheltered. Mm-hmm. And maybe the rest of us need to bear the cost of allowing them to continue doing that while getting back to work. Mm-hmm. You know, I, um, I, have a loved one who's in a country that's under full lockdown and they you know their country does not have the same resources to treat people when they're sick they if if thousands of people are needing to go to the icu they don't have capacity for that so there's no choice there here i think we're gonna have to accept that there's gonna be the you know the peaks and valleys where we you know shut things down temporarily then reopen and then Mm -hmm. as things start to build up maybe um do it again but i mean it's interesting to see how many people I know who are still working every day mm-hmm. and haven't fallen to this. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know more now about vulnerability. Oh, and I have a nine-year-old relative who tested positive and it is clear. Asymptomatic or? Two weeks in, nothing. Oh, yep. okay. And, and in a facility where other people died. So it's yeah. not, um, that was why they were tested. But I just wanted to share that because that's really yeah. good we don't hear about, um, you know, so I think we don't, there's a lot we don't know about the people who don't 
die who aren't even sympathetic. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, I mean, that is the, the capitalist in me. But I think it's also just recognizing that there are costs to keeping yeah. everyone at home. Yeah. And not letting, you know, what are they supposed to do in two months? 1200 bucks isn't going to get you anywhere, yeah. you know? That's... I really think that we're um, one of, this is kind of a stupid note. I, in light of the severity of what we're going through, the reality of the situation, just like, but the the tonality of the culture war, at least represented on Twitter and in other me- social media, is really proving to not be good at making a clear decision because everybody's incentivized to politicize whether they're right and that other person's wrong. You know, like I'm just thinking Trump. Like all that, all that <laughs> built up, okay. all that built up uh, reactionary vitriol against Trump is actually obscuring the reality that that the leader needs to make a decision and people are going to suffer either way. And we're going to have to be adults about that somehow. And I'm just, I'm hoping, I'm just, I'm praying. I'm hoping that that the that that whole mode of interacting that has taken hold of the body politic, on, at least on these websites, at least in in public discourse, really is proven to be insufficient at actually dealing with reality because it's always inflating reality into a, a, a unrealistic us versus them bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I think if you look at what Sweden's done, which is basically nothing. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with their approach to coronavirus. A little bit. Uh, uh, they're, they're, it's, they're nothing. I mean, they're, they're basically saying be sensible and um, kind of make sure you wash your hands and don't get too close to other people. Everything is open. Bars, restaurants, sh- shops, everything. They have one of the higher death tolls, but they also mm. don't have the worst and they are not killing their economy. Mm-hmm. And, I, what I found interesting is that it's not explicitly acknowledged that that's what they're doing. Um, it is by, who? by their leaders or their, oh. you know, that it's not, we recognize that. The, so they aren't saying we recognize that more people will die most likely as a result of this. We are saying that this is the choice we're making for the, be- the, the, the greater good of the country. Um, that is not, I guess, a, a thing that you can say as a politician, which is why I would be so bad in politics because I'd be like, look, Here's the reality, guys. <laughs> Kill your grandparents, but the rest of you get to have a future. Are you in or not? You know? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sell over here. <laughs> no, it doesn't sell. It sounds really bad. Um, but hmm. I think, and that's always been one of the things that's interesting to me is that, you know, there's this sort of socialist um, fetishizing on the left in, in the U.S. about how these countries are so much better than us. and yeah. and. Um, I'm like, have you met people from these countries? They're actually a little bit cold, um, and, ter- yeah. and, and tra- not cold, but pragmatic. Yeah, so that, they, that they're able to have conversations that we don't have here <laughs> about, you know, and sort of recognizing, like, well, you know, it was my turn, and now it's your turn, and um, that's just the way things are going to be. And and so, um, I just I, now I'm thinking of the movie Midsummer and how that was set in a Nordic country. I don't know if you saw that. Wait. Which one is that? It's about the girl who has some trauma and she goes to like a kind of a earthy cult in the woods and oh, things get really... Oh, no, I'm really... just thinking that with another, the wellness retreat thing, the horror movie. Um, okay. No, I, I have to watch that. You I should will. watch it. But it, okay. there's a reason why it's set and they, they do that. Like, it's my turn. I've taken one for the team and it, it, they really ramp up that kind of attitude <laughs> to like the next level. So Yeah, I'm like, 
like there's reasons why certain things don't play in America. Like yeah. why this, where, why certain things don't work here. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, research on why things work in mono ethnic, yeah. you know, homogenous, small countries that are more, you know, or that have more square feet per individual and so on, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that just don't work in like a diverse, multi-ethnic, multi-linguistic, you know, yeah. these melting pot. Yeah. You, what's that? The, the melting pot. Yeah, the melting pot is just things aren't going to be the same here. Like people aren't going to be like, well, we're on the same team with everything. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're going to be more self interested. I mean, I think that's been pretty compellingly demonstrated in different areas of sociological research. But um, it, I think the that Sweden is doing this, and pe- and there are people in Sweden who are disagreeing with what they've chosen to do. But um, by and large, they're just getting through it. Yeah, and I think we I think that that's what we're doing without saying that that's what we're doing. Um I think Trump gives very incoherent messages. He's not the best communicator. <laughs> so like a, a large portion of the people hating on him have some valid concerns, but I'm just yes, saying that Yes. Yeah. I would say yeah. I mean, I um I would definitely say yeah. I mean, I always have to be diplomatic in my in my job and yeah. Uh, yeah I and appreciate I'll have, that. I'll have I'll have customers say to me like He's such a fucking idiot, and I'm like, okay, like, is it okay for me to react to that? Because I, you know, I certainly, you know, I, I, um, or I mean, I have the other thing side too, you know, where they're like, he's right, we got to get back to work, and you know, and uh, yeah, I, I try to stay out of, you know, yeah. um, I stay out of it, but yeah, I, I think we are doing that. I think we are sort of saying the economy also matters, and and we're we don't have the social um, safety nets that other countries do. To enable an indefinite, you know, provision of, you know, everyone That's staying true. at home will make sure that you have food and rent yeah. and all the things you need. So. Yeah. So somebody who's engaged in working, um, see, being as somebody who's part of probably one of the most robust systems in America at this point in history, at this very particular moment, um, what's the what's the good news and the bad news um, that we should be knowing about what's going on right now? is you can still get your stuff right like we still have um it's taking it's going to take longer there's there are going to be shortages um people should try and read and understand a little bit about supply chains like i just find it inherently fascinating uh to to know where how how stuff is made how it gets here um you know there is a backup because it's not just uh, it's not just america that's impacted right now and so this will continue on as long as other countries are impacted. So, you know, for example, India is shut down right now completely. So they are not allowing deliveries and, you know, and, and um, so there's not a lot going in or out, you know, same with a bunch of other countries that we import and from and export to. So there, there is going to be lag. We may need to prepare for that to some extent. Think about the things you need and want and like to have in your life. And, um, but the good thing is that we're still going. I mean, I, I, and that's really amazing to me is how adaptable we've all been. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's taken a little bit of work to kind of adjust to that. But you can still have a truck at your house delivering you the stuff you want. You might not be able to get the exact things you want in the quantity you need right now. But that's really incredible. Um, that's something that people in other countries still don't have you know, to, to that, anything close to that extent. Um, but you also, and, and, and our, you know, that our food supply chain is also still pretty secure. Um, 
there was a really interesting thread on Twitter that I'd seen because I guess Canada was dump, had to dump some of their milk. They had, to, I mean, to dump a lot of milk okay. because when there's when there are these disruptions, there is going to be loss and waste. Yeah. Stuff's going to get stuck. You know, like stuff gets stuck in the middle somewhere. Um, if you mm-hmm. don't have people who are able to handle it on both sides, you know, whether that's a plane coming out of China or on sea cargo takes weeks to get here. That's the cheapest way that things get to America. So things that are cheap come by boat, not mm-hmm. by um, plane. So people were upset that milk was getting dumped. There's stuff that's going to get wasted um, because we aren't able to immediately... Um, everyone loves the idea of of making you know hand sanitizer at alcohol distilleries. There's a we have to accept that there's definitely limitations to this that we can't overnight you know change our manufacturing um, capabilities because that's what's needed right now. Um, and so that's another reason why I'm like people are really disconnected. You know, it's good to have if you're ki- if you have kids who are in college encourage them to have a job in a factory or a warehouse or something you know that these are there and these are still jobs that are out there by the way i'm in uh there's a ton of manufacturing stuff those are all essential they're all open they're all uh, all these places are hiring there is work out there mm-hmm. you may not it may not be you you might have to actually physically get your hands dirty that's <laughs> another thing but if you're out of work and you're you're working for a restaurant that's not going to be opening again look Look at what's being made. Look at what people need. There are jobs there. Mm-hmm. And, and a future, even. Yeah, yeah. We're always going to need, yeah. I mean, so airplane parts are still being made because we still have airplanes flying. Even if they have no people on them, we still yeah. have to keep flying. Um, and we still bring stuff over all the time. And, you know, air is how we get a lot of stuff to our country. Hmm. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's, there are jobs. We The jobs will change, but think about what, what we have and what we get and how things get here, that's where jobs are. So when people are afraid of the future, try to think about, yeah. you know, where can I fit into that? There's uh, there's there's a way of looking at the situation as like opportunistically, like this is going to be a sea change. You can think of, you can worry about Amazon or you can take advantage of it. And I think on an individual level, this is what I hear you arguing is that you the choices you make now because we're in such a big time of change, actually have more value than normal, right? Your your dollar yeah. vo- your yeah. dollar vote is actually pretty strong right now because of the 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 instability of the system and how that uh, system's corrected. Yeah, and I think people have forgotten that they have choices outside of Amazon. So it kills me to see that Amazon is hiring right now because who are they hiring? They're hiring people that work for shops that I would still want to have available after this. I don't want those people to have to work for Amazon. Okay. I want remember that you can call your local gardens R us and be like, are you shipping right now? Because they probably are. A lot of places have one person, maybe the owner is doing this on their own, trying to keep things afloat. But a lot of places that, you know, be patient. They might have sort of a crappy outdated website that isn't as easy to navigate, but you can these are the people that have the most knowledge. You can yeah, call the okay. shop and be like, I'm looking for this thing. And you're probably going to get someone on the phone. You're probably going to have someone who's really invested in you buying from them. That's going to care a hell of a lot more than anyone at Amazon customer service ever would. Mm-hmm. You know, And then you're going to have control over a purchase that you make from me. So, so be patient and kind of think outside the box. You can order, like, yes, you have a Prime membership. You've paid for it. That's not the only place you have 
to, to shop from. You have many other choices, you know, and, and value those choices. Because if insofar as you uh, exercise your right to choice, you'll maintain the right to have a choice in the future. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't use it, yeah, use it or lose it really at this point. So, but yeah, I mean, because I know I'll, my customers are really trying to keep things going and okay. uh, doing whatever they can. And yeah, I mean, their websites aren't as easy to navigate. You may have to pay for shipping. This is another thing that is really fascinating to me is that you might be paying more on Amazon Prime just because you're not going to the, the retailer's website. You may pay for shipping. You're paying for shipping either way. You're yeah. always paying it's for shipping. It's bundled, yeah. Yeah, you're always paying for the, the cost of fulfilling a, an order that you're placing. Somebody has to put something in a box, put a label on it, carry it to your house. You're always paying for that somewhere. And it may not be more. It may not even be more. It may be slightly more. It may be a lot more. But a lot of times it's like roughly the same or even less. What's your pseudonym then? Are you the logistics lady? I can be the logistics lady. Well, yeah. Okay. Logistics well, I'm going to let's wrap yeah, it up maybe. now. I can be what? Hannah the logistics lady. I'll be Who? Hannah the logistics lady. H Handle? Hannah. Hannah, the logistics lady. Hannah, the logistics lady. Not Lois, yeah, the Hannah logistics my, lady. Hannah is my Starbucks name, so... <laughs> I don't know what a Starbucks name is. Is that, like, you got christened as a child in a Starbucks? And uh, that was, no, I just, what, no, I just, like, don't like having my name out in public. Like, I don't want... You don't know when there's, like, creepy people around, you know? Um, no, I, I don't, by definition. I'm just <laughs> in my room. Women, I think you're sort of familiar with some of the stuff we deal with out yeah, in the... Yeah. You know, in, in the real world, and and who we want, um, you know, following us out and and, and talking to us when we haven't clocking you, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I go with Hannah, and then they're like, "Was well, it?" And then they'll like read the cup, and they're like, "Is it Hannah or Hannah?" I'm like, it, "It's a name, so it doesn't really matter." It's a, it's a, it's a what? Uh, it's a hippodrome, right? Yes, yes. It depends how you spell it. But From yes. here to there, I just like that. logistics, right? Yes. Backwards yes. and forwards. Yes. Yes. Well, thanks so much for all the insights. Let's wrap it up now. And we can have a little chat after offline. Yes. Is that cool? Yep. Um, do you have, so I think, yeah, do you want to say goodbye? Or do you have like a cool little haiku, uh, your your quarantine haiku? You, you're not even quarantined. You keep on working. I'm, I am working mostly from home. Oh, okay. um, I have only had to actually um, deliver supplies to my workplace for the employees who are working through this so yeah they're really busy and so i've been you know they redeploy us as necessary that's um one of the interesting things about working for a company like this is that you do whatever is necessary yeah so it's nice though then i get the letter that says i can leave the house and <laughs> do you are you guys being policed wherever you are like where you have no, to show a letter not. no oh, we're not and, but, but they if it gets to that point i have the letter in my car so oh, weird. I, yeah, I, yeah, that would be a little bit. It's a little bit sinister to think that that could happen, but yeah. um, I'm I'm really okay with not going places. Yeah. I I'm kind of I, I I've prepared for this my whole life. Okay, so Hannah, the lockdown logistics lady. Yes. Thanks yes. for your for your expertise. I and I I I'm not an expert. Just disclaimer: <laughs> these are just my opinions that I come to over the time in the industry as someone who didn't expect to be in the industry yeah. and who doesn't necessarily agree with everything that is done, whether it's by my employer or competitors or anyone else, but um, just thinking big picture about the world that I want to live in. Excellent. 
Congratulations for reaching the end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this product, consider donating to this channel via paypal.me slash Benjamin Boyce or joining me on Patreon. Also follow me on Twitter at Benjamin A. Boyce. Have a good night.